Hey friends, I have a super special treat for you guys today. I have an interview that was done by one of my new friends, Sarah. She is host of the Peace and Productivity podcast. Guys, if you haven't checked out this podcast yet, it is so great. She really hones in on values. So y'all know I'm all about values, but she looks at this from like all aspects of life. She's looking at how it ties into who we are and our productivity, our to-do list, really shifting from like that to do stuff to the to be presence. And I love, love, love her perspective on everything. But we did an interview together and she talked to me about the all or nothing thinking. And really, it was just such a great conversation that I wanted to share it here. And she was so gracious. She's letting me do that. So y'all are going to get the down low on all or nothing thinking a little bit more on my backstory story in this interview. And if you like it, guys, be sure you tune into her show tomorrow because we're doing part two where we're unpacking empowered eating, but that's going to drop on her show, the Peace and Productivity Podcast. I'm going to have all the links in the show notes for y'all, but I know you're going to benefit from this first discussion that we have. It's so good. She's such a ray of sunshine and you're just going to feel her joy. Before we dive in today, though, I have two very, very special guests who would like to say hello, boys. Eat combo cookies today. (laughs) Well, you guys are getting that message because it is Tuesday and we have swapped out Donut Thursday for crumble cookie Tuesday. This is not a paid advertisement. (laughs) This is just us genuinely loving to eat cookies as a family. Anything else you want to say? Don't forget to eat apples, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's empowered eating at its finest, friends. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this interview. What's up, food friends? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jazz, and if you're new here, I'm so happy you are here. I am a body bully warrior, food freedom guru, nutrition nerd with a capital R-D. Get it? For registered dietitian. (laughs) I am here to help you become an empowered eater. I'm dishing out nutrition fun with a side of science as we learn how to let go of guilt and that all or nothing mentality. I am in your corner cheering you on because I know you have this inner awesome and we just need to fuel it right. We need to fuel it with the right food, the right mental thoughts, the right relationships. I'm here to fuel your awesome with the nutrition info that supports you, empowers you, mental strength training, and confidence that radiates regardless of your body shape. You know you hold an inner awesome and I know you know this because you're here. You downloaded this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in. So if you're ready to be the healthiest version of yourself, here we go. Food freedom means food is just food, and you can channel that energy you used to use to obsess about food in your body. Now we take that energy and we can channel it towards serving your purpose, your family, your work, your inner awesome. It's so crazy how there's this ripple effect when we allow ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Our family feels it, our work feels it, girls the world needs it. I'm stoked to be in your corner. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at JessBrownRD or check out all my resources, JessBrownRD.com. All right, Superwoman, are you ready to channel that inner awesome? We're going to take it up to the next level. Let's dive into today's show. All right, ladies, welcome back to the Peace and Productivity Podcast. Today, I am super excited to share with you all my guest, Jess Brown, and we are going to be diving into all or nothing thinking when it comes to health and well-being and and beyond because she has so, so much to offer. So I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. Welcome to the podcast, Jess. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. And before we dive into all the goodness, this is the new question that I am super excited to get everybody's feedback because I just love, as a podcast listener myself, I love all the resources and the tools we can get. So in this season, what is your go-to productivity tip or tool? 
I love that. That's a good question. <laughs> um, so I would say right now I'm in a very, very busy season of life and no, not busy. I'm trying not to say that I'm in a full <laughs> season of life. <laughs> and so productivity is like priority and paramount right now. Um, and I have to get up early mm-hmm. and I have to get up early because I need that hour, hour and a half to myself. And I have a, a routine. I drink two cups of coffee. I do my prayer time. I set my intentions for the day and I work out and that sets my tone for the entire day. And it makes me feel, and it's actually when I was reading, um, your description of this podcast, it's kind of in alignment, I think with what you're talking about, where it allows me to take on the day instead of the day taking on me. And it, yes. you say, really, I forget. It's like, you know, is the day happening to you? You yes. know? Yes. So I think Absolutely. that's, I got to take on the day before it takes on me. Yeah. That's so good. That's such a good reminder. And, and we talk about, yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, and people in general, right. That morning routine. And there's a reason for that because it really is, it does set the tone for the day. And the beautiful thing, right. Is that it's going to look different for all of us and maybe different for us in a different season. So it's just really figuring out what that is for us in this season. So that's a great tip. I love that. Okay. So if you could just share with us your story, who you are, who you help and kind of what brought you to where you are today. Totally. Thank you. It's always so fun telling your story because we don't get to do it. So thank you for (laughs) that space. Um, So I I'm a registered dietitian. I'm a mom, a wife, Um, my husband's a police officer. So this is where like the full life comes in, right? We have lots of balls that we juggle, but um, my main role and what I do to help people is, um, help them make peace with food and body. And the background of that is both personal and professional. So my personal background with that is I had an eating disorder. You know, it it probably started when I was in high school, if I'm totally honest, it was more like a naive eating disorder where I just was, you know, I saw people eating half a power bar for lunch and I thought that's what you were supposed to do. (laughs) And so picked up on that. And I hated my body, like every other teenage girl, which is sad, but I was a part of that. Um, and then went to college and it really morphed into something more serious. And I struggled with bulimia for a good solid two years. And I was around people with anorexia and binge eating disorder and, you know, all the disorders. And so I really found myself in like personally in this place of just like chaos and being so uncomfortable in my own body that I like wanted to crawl out of my skin. You know, I just couldn't even stand to be in myself and you're not productive or a fun human to be around when you're in that place. And so, you know, I had to go through, I worked through some things and eventually um, started my recovery process. And in that discovered the world of dietetics and that there was a profession where you could be a dietitian and learn about food. And of course, because of my obsession with food, I was kind of drawn to that career. And so, um, you know, and I'm thankful for it because looking back, I think in, my work in therapy in tandem with my pursuit of career in dietetics worked really well together because I, on the one hand, was working on the emotional stuff going on with my therapist and, you know, my family and my faith and just rebuilding all of that. That's a really long story, you know, (laughs) but from the nutrition end, I went back to school and I learned about food from a scientific lens instead of like a macro lens, you know, and I was able to see just how really amazing food is and how fun it can be when we learn about all the ways it's used in our body and how we respond to it and our hormones and all of that. 
And so fast forward, you know, 15 more years. And both of those experiences really put me in this place where um, now I'm a registered dietitian. Um, and I've got a couple different hats that I wear, but my favorite hat that I wear is uh, I have a podcast called Fuel Her Awesome, where I talk about a lot of this stuff and I get to work with women on just, you know, stopping this chaos, whether it's a full-blown eating disorder or it's like kind of the dabbling in it. And I'm so passionate about it because again, like both from the personal experience, I remember what it was like to be there. And it's just such a dark time in my life. You know, it's, it's hard to even like go back there because it's not, it was not my best version of myself. And so to like live that and then come out of it and see how amazing life can be is, is amazing. And then professionally, like, it's super cool to like share the nerdy science about food. (laughs) And so a lot of that's what I do now is just help women in all stages of life come to the same place of like making peace with food. What does it mean for them to eat healthy? Cause I think it's different for everyone. And how can we feel comfortable in our skin, regardless of what we look like, you know, regardless of our body size or shape, how can we feel comfortable? Cause we're here, we're in it. We yeah. only get one body. Yeah. Yeah. I think just after, thank you for sharing all that. First of all, I mean, there's so many things going through my head right now. First of all, I'm like, this is why ladies listening, this is why I had to have Jess on the podcast because, and that's why I think I fell in love with your podcast and just the way that you approach that, let alone, I mean, the peace and getting out of the chaos because I fully, fully relate to, I mean, and our stories are very similar too in the way. And so I struggled with binge eating disorder and dabbling here and there, right. And all the different things. And just again, being so preoccupied with the food, my body, all the things to where truly I was not the best version of myself. And when you, and now putting, I think that is why I'm so passionate now about the productivity, but from that holistic picture, right? So when we're talking about that mental energy, the mental energy that it takes to obsess about food and our body is just so, so real. And it's so all consuming. And so it's It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me sad, but I, and I get it right. Like I'm like, cause I was there and I'm still doing that work to write, listening to your podcast and like connecting, staying connected, um, to, to my body. And then also, you know, in that, anyway, that's a whole other conversation too, but just really, I think it's, I know it's a journey and I think still I, I find myself like struggling and this is what we're going to dive into i do i struggle with that all or nothing thinking and really okay if it's either right i'm all in and i'm gonna like focus on my food and do you know go hard in the gym and all the things and then there's the other part where i'm like okay well i've been there you know i've been where i've been so restrictive and that didn't work for me so maybe it's the other side of the coin so that's the other thing i love about you i just feel like and we're going to dive into all of it but maybe if we could just start with what is all or nothing thinking when it comes to our health and our well-being? That's such a good question because we have to know what it is. We have to like identify it before we can do anything about it. Right. Yes. And I think a lot of us do it without even thinking about it. So the all or nothing thinking is really when we put ourselves in positions of like always, never every time, like when we use that language, like if this never works, I always do this. And, um, just noticing how that perspective in and of itself polarizes things. And it, it totally removes the gray, which or the, you know, gray rainbow, the in-between, whatever you want to call it, 
but the, it just, it steals so much from the situation. And I think it really puts it into like, there's this one right way to do something. When if we look at life, like there is no playbook, there is no right way to do it. And specifically with health, there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot because there's a lot of options and there isn't one right way. And quite honestly, like even when it comes to health, there's pieces that might be helpful, you know, but you have to piece that with other parts that might be helpful for you. And it's really a puzzle that we have to put together for ourselves. So I think like when it comes to health, all or nothing thinking is so dangerous. And I think it steals so much um, opportunity really in our health journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I found for me, when it comes to that, it just, it stops me in my tracks from making any forward movement, any forward progress at all. And those, and we talk about, right, we, I think we all know on an intellectual level that the small habits and stacking things and going slow, but I think part of the issue, and I know for me, the problem that holds me back is like, we want all the change. We see when we start to see all the things that we want to change, we want to do it all at once, right? And so it's really, yeah, I think that's just debilitating in and of itself before we even get started. Totally. Yeah. Well, and just to add to that, it's like, it also steals from being present and the journey of it. Right. And because so much of like, even if we have a health goal, like, let's say it's, I mean, weight loss is what everybody wants. So I'm just going to use weight loss, but let's say you're trying to lose weight and you're upset because you're not seeing the results. It's like, well, if we stay focused on that, yeah, you get stuck. And then you go back to the fine. This doesn't work. Like I'm throwing my hands up and I'm done rather than like being in the moment and going, Hey, I noticed this isn't working. I wonder what is working. What isn't working? What can I do? Like what's sustainable? Like if you focus on the journey and stay out of the, like, if I don't, this is a failure. If I don't see, you know, weight loss this fast, (laughs) it's like, no, we can stay present and we can be in the journey. We can learn and we can continue to grow and take some pressure off too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you have, if there's some specific examples again, so the women listening, we can kind of see ourselves in that. Like you said, I think a lot of times we do it and we don't, we're not even aware that that's what's happening. Um, so I know for me, my, my go-to example and that I am still trying to figure out is movement and my body. And it's, it's, we have these rules almost right with, with all these different things, especially when it comes, I think to our health and our wellness and these like either unspoken rules or like, I don't even know where they come from. Oh, I guess all the different places, but okay. It's gotta be at least 30 minutes. It's gotta be at least, or some people may be right. Whatever that number is for you. And this, um, this number of days. And then if I miss a day or if I, you know, miss a week, because if you get off because life, because COVID, whatever, then, then I think that's, that's the big, that's the big hurdle. Right. And then how do you get back on? And you feel like you've gone so far the other way that you can't get back to it. I know that's, that's my struggle. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not alone in that. I think that's so many, I mean, I I can't tell you how many times women are like, well, what counts as exercise? I'm like, uh, anything, (laughs) anytime you get up and get moving. And I think again, like that's all or nothing thinking that completely Mm -hmm. removes like the whole motive about why we exercise in the first place. It's like, (sighs) we don't, like, while there might be a part of us that wants to see a result or, you know, maybe we want toned arms or whatever. And that's, that's okay. And we can work towards that. And at the same time, like there's so many other benefits that come with movement, like, you know, 
heart health, longevity, like increased lean body mass and mood, right? Anti it's an best antidepressant that we know of on the market. And I think, um, yeah, you're not alone in that at all, but that's where a lot of like one all or nothing thinking that's reinforced, I think by our culture steals from the journey. Yeah. And then to answer your question where I see like a lot of other specific to health, the all or nothing mentality pop up is like when it comes to food, obviously like diets, either I'm on a diet or I'm not on a diet, right? Like I'm either trying to lose weight or I'm eating whatever the heck I want to eat. Um, and then even with food, it's like, either we're trying to macro count, we're trying to eat food only to fit our macros, or we're trying to make it taste really good. I think that's another pendulum swing I see with folks is food has to fit one of those two categories. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of body, it's like, I either, I have to, I hate my body or I'm expected to love it. And I think, again, those are two like polarizing thoughts that are productive and keeps us stuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many layers to this for sure. So when we start to see, and, and always the first step is the awareness, right? Like this, okay, I, I do struggle with this and I am seeing these patterns and then maybe they're holding us back. So once we're aware, what might be that first or that next step that we can take to start to unravel those things, those limiting beliefs really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they will be on replay. Right. If right. We, now it's like, Oh, we notice them just, but now what? I know exactly. <laughs> They're playing right. all day long. Well, I mean, the first thing I always tell folks to do is once we notice them, we've got to like normalize and neutralize. And mm-hmm. cause a lot of times we get stuck in these negative thoughts because there's shame on top of it. Like we think, you know, I hate my body. I notice I speak to it this way. And then we stay stuck there because we truly believe our body's not worthy, or we truly believe our body's not um, attractive or strong or whatever. And so we get stuck there. And so when I say normalize or neutralize, just like look around you, talk to someone you, I guarantee you are not the only woman in the world who has felt this way. Like you talked about Mm -hmm. movement. I I would bet money that like 90% of the people listening have felt the exact same way as you feel. So just, we can remove and neutralize that shame by normalizing some of these thoughts. Like it makes sense. I would hate my body because look at all the ads that are floating around on Instagram. It makes sense that I'm polarizing food as like good or bad, because look at all the information that's like overwhelming out there. And then once we can normalize it, it kind of, like I said, removes the shame And then we have space to actually look at it. And I'm a big believer that when we have negative thoughts, like sometimes we can fix them. Sometimes there's things we can do about them. You know, like, um, I'm trying to think of like movement. If you're like, I'm trying to work on my relationship with movement. Like you can set a goal to like start working on movement, but then there's also times you can't. So like, let's say you're injured. And you can't go move. So sometimes we have negative thoughts and we get in the all or nothing thinking and there's nothing we can do about it. So I'm a believer that we have to be able to develop the resiliency to hold space for, I don't like this. I feel uncomfortable with this. And at the same time, I'm still going to take care of myself. Yes. So I don't like my stomach. I don't like the way it looks. And at the same time, I'm still going to feed myself. And Mm. at the same time, I'm not going to punish myself at the gym. So like learning to hold space for, like that tension, right. Where it's like, I feel negative, but I'm still going to do these things to care for myself. Absolutely. That both. And it's that it's so true. I mean, I know that's the thing it's, 
you're absolutely right. It's the tension and it's, it's like a healthy, good tension, but I know exactly, I can like feel it when you say that. And like, I've been there so many times and it's almost like any, anything else, right? Like building that muscle, getting comfortable with that tension and, and embracing it. Right. And knowing that, okay, we're on the right path. And when you say that gray area too, it's funny with your rainbow or whatever. And I'm like, because there's something I'm like, there should be a better name for the gray area. I know. It doesn't seem like we want to be there, <laughs> but we do. Right. Like, yeah. It's, it's a, anyway, for me, I know that that's, you know, again, it's, that's where I feel my best because, mm-hmm. and then the truth is, I think when we go to that place sometimes too, of, and I know that you talk a lot about this, of that just, you know, body love and, you know, like appreciating ourselves again, holding space for both of those things. If it's, if our body isn't where it's where we want it to be, mm-hmm. but still moving forward and doing those things that we know are going to nourish it and her, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause I mean, how many women truly love every inch of their bodies? Like yeah. I have yet to meet one. I mean, I've worked with supermodels that mm. by our culture standard are flawless and pour money and time into their appearance. And they still don't love every inch of their body. So it's like, I think it's completely unrealistic to, you know, think that we will. And there again, lies the problem with the all or nothing thinking is because it's unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. And that brings me to, and you were talking about goals as well. I think that's an interesting topic when it comes to the all or nothing thinking, because, and I'm wondering how you approach that with your clients or yourself because you know, we all have different methods, right? Of setting goals and things that we've heard work or we know work for us. And sometimes I know for me, it's like just the goal in and of itself is sometimes, again, it, it might be unrealistic in this season or too ambitious. And then it kind of leads to that, that all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. Like I have to go hard or or I didn't do the goal and just scrap the whole thing. Oh, such a good question. Yeah. Cause how many of us have done that? I know yeah, I've done that, right. you know, and I think this is where I'm such a nerd and like a scientist, my dad's a scientist. I love it. Yeah. I just like have that brain. And so the way I look at goals is not so much like I have to get to this rather like a science experiment. Yes. It's kind of like, I have this hypothesis that if I do this, this will get me this result. Right. Mm. And I do the methods and then I look at the outcome and sometimes the outcome, like in science, we know sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, all that means is we have to go back and rewrite the hypothesis. And so mm. I think it was my clients. I am really, we set goals, but I would say I very rarely set like we're going to do this two times per week over the next two weeks. Like it's very much, um, Hey, this is what we're going to do this week. And we're going to look for the the successes and we're going to see where we struggle. And then we're going to build on that. So it's really more behaviorally based as it is goal setting. Um, yeah, I guess I never really realized that until now. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I talk about same idea kind of with our productivity and our time that we experiment and we see what works. And then, and it's so funny that again, it's kind of a light bulb for me too, because I'm like, I can, can we just apply that to my health and wellness? But it's been something again, that I've struggled with since high school. So it does feel like I'm kind of trapped in that, you know, all or nothing. So it's so helpful again. And what you're talking about just that normalizing and neutralizing back to, I just feel like that's so helpful because you're right. Again, it's so much of that guilt and that shame that's kind of layered on top of it that keeps us stuck in those Mm -hmm. patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really helpful. So you talk about empowered eating and this is the other, I absolutely love that. So this is the other thing (laughs) and I could just 
you know, I'd be totally honest that I personally struggle with and that I've heard also, you know, women struggle with, again, it's that mental energy and it's this idea of, so we have diet culture over here and then there's intuitive eating over here. And for, you know, I have to pick one, like I have to pick a side and I can't, you know, want to lose weight over on this side. And, you know, so it's just this struggle and it's, and it's crazy making. <laughs> it so, is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly hearing when I saw this on the list of questions, I was like, yes, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about this because I've struggled with this. I mean, I have lived in, I call it eating disorder world where my primary role has been working with people who need eating disorder treatment and more on the intensive levels. So a lot of my training has been on the health at every size movement, which is wonderful. I have to say, and I think there's so much goodness in there, but social media, like it always does takes really powerful concepts and polarizes it. And now you're right. We have this anti-diet cold, this anti-diet culture. That's like, you know, I've seen my fellow dietitians posting things like if you're an eating disorder dietitian and you promote weight loss or support weight loss, you need to check yourself and check in your credential. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, like, is it really that black or white? Right. You know, Cause I work with a lot of patients that have lost weight in a healthful way and feel better. And who, like, how do we, yeah. So I, anyways, yeah. I love this question. And Again, I think this has been polarized and I think it's unfair because there's so much in the middle Mm -hmm. and I don't think you have to choose. I do think you can eat intuitively and, you know, if your body's in a place where it will be healthier at a lower weight, you will lose weight through that intuitive eating. And really to speak to what you're talking about, how I've kind of taken that and we've built uh, another dietitian friend of mine have, we're actually working on trademarking it right now. I'm really excited. Um, The empowered eating model, which is a concept. It's very similar to intuitive eating in the sense that it overlaps nutrition knowledge with like what our body says about food, but where Mm -hmm. my coworker and I, her name's Brent Anthony have really thought there was a problem is we don't factor in people's values. Like if we just look at nutrition knowledge and what your body says about food, like that can take you so far, but what about what people value? And I, I ran into this cause I work with professional athletes and I had some that like, you know, my UFC fighters have to lose weight at a certain point and that's within their value system, right? Like that's a part of who they are. And so we have to layer all three on top of each other, I think, to get to a place where we're not spending that mental energy you're talking about. Yes and wasting it. Um, but I think we need that values piece. Cause without it, we're assuming someone else's values. Like if I right. jump on the anti-diet bandwagon, where I say, you can never lose weight. You can't do that. You have to love your body. Like I'm imposing my values on somebody else in a different body with a different experience with different goals. Like, it's just, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So many light bulbs, like seriously throughout this. And I talk about values as well and core values again, because it's that clarity piece when you Mm -hmm. can get that clarity around who you are, what matters most, then you can begin to design the life, your health, your diet, your movement in a way that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. So that is so good. I'm so excited about this, like to keep following along and keep learning about, and, and because also empowered, I mean, that just that word is just amazing. And I feel it's uplifting and it's positive and it's what we need. 
in this space right now. So mm -hmm. that's incredible. So I'm wondering if you could just for, for the women listening, where would we start even just like a little bit, a little taste of how they can figure out maybe what their values are around yeah. their so I think that's the best place to start in the empowered eating model. And in my course, like this is where we start is like, what are your values? And we have to like detach that from the diet culture imposed one. Mm -hmm. Cause I think we get those where we're like, we have to be beautiful. We have to be in control. We have to like some of these imposed values, I think eclipse our goals. So we have to do some work there. Um, but identifying your values is actually quite simple. It's taking a minute. And I've actually done this at several times during different seasons. And that's given me a good, like solid core values that I've noticed don't change. Um, but there's lists you can search Google them online. Um, I do have like a free three steps to empowered eating that folks can download. And I have the values list there, but, um, you go through this list and you just look at them and you, I have like people get four different markers and you go through and you circle every single value that jumps out at you, you know, no matter how much financial friendship, family, like whatever it is, go all the way through it. And then go back to the ones you circled with another color. And now this time we're going to underline the ones that stand out more. And then you get another color. Now we're going to start them. Right. And we keep doing this until we narrow that down to about three to five core values. Um, there's also a free online tool you can take where it's just a quick questionnaire and it pumps out, pumps out a um, few values and you can compare and contrast. But I think that is the best place to start. Cause once we figure out what do I really value most in the world, then we can look to our food and our exercise patterns and go, how does, what, what kind of changes do I need to make here to live out my values? As opposed to like, what kind of changes do I need to make to fit into a size, whatever yes. pants, right? Like it yes. completely changes the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my core values is freedom. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Again, I teach core values and, and I love, I feel like in every area, in every workplace, like it's just so helpful to start there. And again, I teach it in that lens of productivity, but I've never, and I, in life in general, but I feel like specifically thinking about my health and how I'm approaching that because I'm, if, when, and because I'm struggling with that, all or nothing thinking mm -hmm. again. And it's interesting that freedom is one of my core values, right? Yeah. I feel stuck in this all or nothing thinking at times. So navigating that and, and again, taking the, just getting curious about it, starting right. with that curiosity and taking away that guilt or shame, or I shouldn't be, I want to be free. So I shouldn't be feeling this, but I am. So let's dig deeper, right? Let's yeah. figure out and try something this week that might help me to navigate out of that in whatever area, right. With my movement or whatever. Right. Well, I was thinking with your movement, like it'd <laughs> yeah. be interesting to like take your value of freedom and then like, yes. what kind of movement makes you feel most free? Mm, you know, do you have so something? Good. I'm curious. I'm like, you're going to like make me emotional. I feel like this is deep work. Um, I think <laughs> I feel like yoga, like yoga yes. and, and what I, what I was doing, I'm like, I printed out, you know, this is my workout schedule and I'm going to do 25 minutes and every, you know, five days a week, and I'm going to be consistent because consistency is my problem, right? Like, and now I'm like, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, okay, no, that, wow, that question through that lens, what makes me feel free? What movement mm -hmm. makes me feel free? Yoga. Yes. Why am oh, I, I just not got doing chills. yoga? Me too. I just got chills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. I mean, I that's huge. It. 
That's huge. Um, okay. Thank you. That is quite the breakthrough. Um, <laughs> but I also feel for like, I'm like, wait, we're doing a podcast. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> so good for the women listening. I mean, that's an amazing question. So again, starting with your core values and then asking those questions through that lens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether whatever you're struggling with the most, because again, I know I can be like, well, I have to figure out my food, my movement, my mindset, all the things let's pick one <laughs> and like, start there and ask the questions through the core values. That's so good. I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. Thanks for doing a breakthrough on live on the spot. (laughs) You guys heard it live. I'm going to do more (laughs) yoga. Um, But yeah, so that is incredible. I am so excited again about the empowered eating. And that's, that's the thing. That's why I'm so drawn to you and why I feel like Cause there's, I always say that too, that there's no right or wrong. There's no right or way, wrong way to do something. Cause we're all so different and unique. So I'm wondering this, and this question just kind of popped up. Um, is there ever a time because, and we might not all, you know, the women listening, a lot of them are going to resonate with the all or nothing thinking, maybe not everyone. Um, is there ever a time that it can be helpful, that it can be a kind of a mindset and the answer might be, no, I can't quite think of anything, but Maybe, and I'm thinking like, what if we have, you know, a specific health mm. struggle or something where it's yeah. just like, okay, I have to go a hundred percent on this. That's a good question. You know, like my initial thought is like, yeah, maybe there is. Cause I'm thinking, you know, some of my professional athletes, right. right? Like right. they're trying to accomplish something at such a high level yeah. that there has to be a bit of extremeness in their right. their nature and what they're doing. But even so, as soon as like, I thought that through, I'm like, no, still no, because even with them, there has to be this space for feedback and adjustment So good, and like, you know, peace along the process. And so, no, I don't think there is a place. I think all or nothing is a thought fallacy. That makes so much sense. And I think that was probably, that was a good question because I feel like some women were probably thinking mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but that again, and it makes sense. And it's even just in that question, I was like, well, it's, it's all or nothing thing you or it's, you know, it's right, like, right. It's so like, so it's really, again, holding that space, like you said, for adjustment and, mm-hmm. and maybe it is working, but if it's not, you're not stuck in that path, you mm-hmm. know, so you can never, I love that. So this has been incredible. I feel like definitely everybody's got to come listen to your podcast and find you in all the places and but what is one last thing that you would love to leave everybody listening? So I think it's something I love to tell women is that like your body is so much more trustworthy than you've been told it is. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, we have been taught that something is wrong with our bodies. We can't trust our hunger. We can't trust our fullness. We can't trust any of it really. And I just, I would love to just invite every single woman in this world to recognize and just open it up to the idea that actually our bodies are beautifully and intricately designed. Our metabolisms are amazing and it is so worthy of so much more trust and quite honestly, respect than we give it. And I think if we start there instead of trying to control it, it's like in letting go of the control, we actually gain more control. Mm-hmm. Um, we can really start to do some productive work yeah. and we actually get closer to our health goals, which feels counterintuitive, but um, yeah. it's not, it's really not. It makes so much sense. And, and again, I think you, you hit that on the head because, and that really is going, the more we learn to trust our body and that what she can do and respect her. 
I really think that will help with that all or nothing thinking, right? Because we'll, we'll, we'll learn to work with her and she'll tell us when we need to pivot or when we need to try something different. And oh my gosh, this was so helpful. I'm going to, I have to go back and like take notes. And <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, there's so many things, but what I love to ask everybody to wrap things up is what does a simply big life mean to you? Oh, that's such a good question. First of all, I love that concept. And I think it means to like live big, but remember the core reason of why you're living. You know, we do get so caught up in like the little things of like my to-do list and I've got to do all this. And, and that's important, right? Because we have to, we do have to get through the day, but I love your, the word simply on top of that, because it's like, yeah, we have to do all the stuff in a day. We have to do all the things and juggle all the balls, but why are we doing it? Like, you know, and if we simplify, it actually helps us live bigger, I think. And it keeps yeah. things in, like you say, like peace and perspective or peace and uh, productivity. Like it does keep things in perspective. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate that, that name and the, the words, the, how you've strung them together. I think it's, <laughs> it's quite like, it brings me a sense of calmness. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love, I, yeah, I do love asking that question. Cause again, like you said at the beginning too, everybody's definition of health is different and everybody's definition of a big life is different. So it's mm-hmm. like getting that clarity on that, but then everybody, I mean, again, I think, especially as moms, as women, we overthink overcomplicate. So just right. keeping that big life simple, you know, and just, yeah, just keeping it all simple. I love that. So where can we connect with you? Just tell us all the places you want us to go because I know everybody's going to be like getting on their phone. And their <laughs> oh, <computer>. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Yeah. And yeah, if, if folks want to connect with me, I have a podcast too, Fuel Her Awesome, um, where we talk about all these things and empowered eating and body love. And then I do have a, a website, justbrownrd.com. And I've got some freebies over there. I've got um, the three steps to empowered eating and all my resources can be found there. And then come say hi to me. I'm mostly on Instagram, not so much Facebook anymore, but um, Instagram at, at Jess Brown RD. Awesome. Jess, thank you so much. This was amazing for me and hopefully for the women <laughs> listening. I know I had a breakthrough. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.